So I'm back again. So like Andrea said earlier, my name is Mackenzie Gary, and I have the privilege of being the summer intern for West. And like she also said earlier, I feel that God has called me to ordain ministry, which basically means that I want to be Andrea when I grow up. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Watch it, she might come over there. So this summer, part of my internship, Andrea and I decided that I needed to preach at least once because since I feel called to ordain ministry, maybe I could use the practice. So this fall, I'm getting ready to go into my senior year at Pfeiffer University, and I'm a religion and practical theology major with a minor in vocals. Now, for some reason, I thought that it might be a good idea for me to try and graduate in three years instead of four while still achieving all of the hours that I need to get my degree. That's been just a little bit stressful. So that's, that's a lot of why I'm here, but the main reason is my call. So to give you a little bit of insight into my message for today, I'm gonna show you guys a little video. Say, that's it. You think of a wonderful thought. Any happy little thoughts? Uh-huh. Like toys at Christmas, sleigh bells, snow? Yep. Watch me now. Here I go. It's easier than five. He can fly. He can fly. He flew. Now you try. I'll think of a mermaid lagoon. Oh, underneath a magic moon. I'll think I'm in a pirate's cave. I'll think I'll be an Indian brain. Now, everybody try. One, two, three. We can fly, we can fly, we can fly. This won't do. What's the matter with you? All it takes is faith and trust. Oh, and something I forgot. Dust. Dust? Dust. Yup. Just a little bit of pixie dust. Now, think of the happiest things. It's the same as having wings. Let's all try it just once more. Look, we're rising off the floor. Jim and me. Oh, my. We can fly. You can fly. We can fly. Come on, everybody. Here we go. Up to Neverland. So how many Disney fans do we have in the room? There we go. So this clip perfectly encapsulates the idea of my message for today, which is trust. Because the saying for the entire Peter Pan movie is faith, trust, and pixie dust. So our scripture for today is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. And it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. 
In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. That scripture is applicable in two very different life circumstances that we all face. One of them is when life is going great and everything is going your way in all aspects of your life. How many of you remember a time in your life that was like that? Anybody? Good. But I think the problem is that we don't remember those parts of our lives as well as we remember the flip side of that, which is where everything seems to be going wrong all at once. Nothing is going your way. Do any, does anybody remember at least that part of their life? Thank you. In times like that, especially, we tend to ask questions. Questions like, God, where are you? God, are you even here? Why am I, why am I trusting God? God, can I trust you? For many of us, the answer to that question would be, of course. Immediately, the answer would be, of course. For others, the answer is, well, maybe. And for others still, the answer is, why would I? We have an answer to those questions that we ask, even if we don't know it in the moment. So to show you what I mean by that, will you guys do me a favor? Maybe? I want you to reach out in front of you and touch the seat in front of you. I'm sorry for you guys on the front row because you don't have a seat in front of you. You have an armrest beside you though. Pick an armrest on either side so that the people beside you do still have an armrest and touch the armrest. That armrest or the chair in front of you is real. You can touch it, you can feel it. Another one of your senses is your sense of sight. And you may or may not be looking up at me. You may or may not be looking off into space because... You don't really want to listen to me or see me right now. Another one of your senses that you might be experiencing is hearing me talking, which again, you may or may not be listening to me right now. But you remember that candy that I had you take a little while ago? How many of you still have your candy? Better yet, clap if you've eaten your candy already. Now I'm impressed because I would have eaten the candy already. So take one piece of the candy that you got and unwrap it. Smell your candy. That is your sense of smell. As strange as that might be, that is your sense of smell. And that scent that you're smelling is real. Now the last thing I'm gonna ask you to do, I promise, is eat your candy. That is your sense of taste. All five of those senses were real. Sometimes in our journey, we might lose one or more of those senses. But we are wired by God to have five senses. And because we're human, oftentimes God seems less real than the things we know because of one or more of those senses. Because of those five senses and the things around us, we can say that God is indeed trustworthy as the answer to one of those questions earlier on. But there's of course the possibility that our answer is purely intellectual or purely theological. But the question at the core of our being 
of is God trustworthy, can I rely on God, is what defines us as humans by asking those questions. So what does it mean to trust God? I think to answer that question, we have to ask ourselves, why don't we trust God? We don't trust God a lot because we're human and we like control. And trusting in God and trusting in a higher power means letting go of that control. And that's very, very scary. One thing about trusting God and letting go of that control is that we have free will to do that. But we also have to keep in mind that there are others who have their own free will and their free will might not align with our free will. And a lot of the time that's why bad things happen to us. But the important thing to remember is that where there is bad, there is still God. That's the most important thing. Now, the times that we don't trust God the most is at the doctor's office when we're waiting on results that we know could go either way. They could either be very, very bad or very, very good. Or maybe you're, you're at work, you've had a long day. You feel like your boss is against you and that maybe somebody got a promotion when you thought you, you deserved it. Or when you're at school and you didn't get the grade you thought you should on an assignment or your teacher thought you were the one talking when it was actually the kid next to you. There are times in our lives when everything is going to be bad and it seems like there's no end in sight. But if we lean on God who is love, when things are going wrong, there is a plan that God has for us, a plan to live fully with God in love. Our text is very specific about where we should place our trust. We should place our trust in God. The measurement of our trust in God doesn't come from our answers to theological questions that we come up with. The measurement of our trust in God is displayed by how we live our lives, how we treat the people around us, and how we walk the walk and talk the talk. Think of your best friend the person you know you can rely on always, the person who won't cut and run when things go wrong. Do you guys have that person in your head? Say their name for me, please. Do you not have best friends? Thank you. Anybody else have a best friend that they're thinking of? Wow, y'all don't have friends. (laughs) That's unfortunate. You should find you a friend because those people are important in our lives. My best friend's name is Alyssa. And I know that when I call her, when things are going wrong in my life, she'll run across campus and climb three flights of stairs to get to my room if I need her. God is the ultimate version of that friend because he's not human. And he doesn't have human responsibilities like a job or class to prevent him from being there for us always. There are times in when everything is going your way in every aspect of your life. But has anyone noticed that that's one version of your walk with God and that there is one that is vastly, vastly different? Because of my story, the phrase trust in the Lord with all your heart means something a little bit different 
than it means for most other people. And I hope by the end of my story, you understand why I say that. In my senior year of high school, I was diagnosed with rheumatic heart disease. That's a big word that for me means my mitral valve isn't closing properly and is building up calcium around it. And my aortic valve is leaking back into the rest of my heart. These are big words that means my heart doesn't function the way it should. And before I scare you with all of these big things, let me assure you that, you, that there's a very, very small chance that people get this. You only get it if 10 to 15 years before the onset of the problems, you have two other diseases that I had in first grade, rheumatic fever and sometimes chorea. Again, big words that basically mean I had untreated strep throat and my motor skills didn't work the way they should. So my senior year of high school, I'd been in marching band for three years. I was about to march another year with an even bigger instrument that required much, much more air than the other instrument. And I wasn't able to run around and march like I had been able to. I had to take breaks. And that's not something that I was used to. In October of my senior year, when I was working on my senior project, I was in the middle of marching band season. And so many other things that I was doing as a senior. I found out, hey, you're gonna have to have your first heart surgery. So I went to my first appointment with my cardiologist, with my parents, and we had to trust and lean on God more than we had in any other circumstance. Now, my dad is a very, very strong man. And when people are telling him things that are gonna have to happen to him, he's fine. It doesn't affect him as much. But when the doctor was explaining what was gonna happen to me, to his little girl, my dad turned as white as this piece of paper. And we thought my dad was gonna pass out. So I had to become not the patient, and my dad became the patient. I struggled at that point to trust in God because I felt like God had done a complete 180. That the God had only, who had only given me good things and who had only made good things happen in my life was now putting me up in a position where I could end up in the ER every week. And I didn't understand that. And honestly, I still really don't. But after a lot of prayer, two more surgeries, and a lot, a lot of thinking... I know that that was a time that didn't come from God, but because I trusted God through it and I trust him now, I know that God has a plan for me. My heart disease can't be cured. I can treat it with medications and with several surgeries that will only function as Band-Aids. That's not a thing that most... 19-year-old college students have to deal with. And so for the rest of my life, trusting in the Lord with all my heart means something different because I'm reminded daily that my heart isn't whole. But during this time and even now, I had to remind myself of the promises that God had made to many, many others long before I was around. And one that stuck with me was Romans 8, 28. And it says, And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. I feel that God has called me into ministry. This is something I know at the core of my being. 
But for some reason, the scripture didn't stick with me as much as I wanted it to. I felt like I needed a personal connection. So I thought of Abraham and Sarah. Now, Abraham was the guy that God said, hey, you, I want you to drop everything you have and leave everything you know and go somewhere new. And Abraham said, who, me? And then Abraham trusted God in that and left everything he had, everything he knew and went somewhere else, somewhere greater that God had for him. And then after he was there, God said, hey, Abraham, I will make you the father of many nations. And Abraham said, what are you talking about? I'm old, my wife is old. I don't have any children. God, what do you mean? This can't be possible. And God said, Abraham, why don't you trust me? I carried you through the time before. Why wouldn't I carry you through now? And through a lot of mistakes and a lot of trust, Abraham is the father of three major religions that still exist today. Christianity, Judaism, and Islam. The last part of our scripture today talks about submitting. And in our society, we view submitting as something with a negative connotation because we think people who submit are weak because they're not in control of their lives. But in the context of the scripture that we read, submitting means to let go, to let go of yourself, to let go of your ego and reach for something newer and greater that the Holy Spirit has for you, just like you would when rock climbing. is like one big rock climbing wall. You have to let go of the handheld handholds and footholds that you have in your life to reach something newer, bigger, and greater that the Holy Spirit has in store for you. The plan that God has for you, a plan of love and a plan of goodness. Are you willing to let go? Because if you are, and you, you can trust God, like your senses will be there. Let's pray. Hey God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for this people that are here. I ask that you would bless them and that you would hold them throughout this week. God, that they would know that you are near in all aspects of their lives, 
good and bad God. I ask that you would bless the people who graduated yesterday and that as they go off to college or to be an adult, that they would know that you are always there, God, that you have a plan, a plan of goodness prepared for them. Amen. Now we'll do the benediction. Will you give Mackenzie a warm thank you, please? To be in college and undergrad and have the courage to do that, and uh, she has been a joy to be able to mentor, and young clergy are really important in our denomination, so uh, thank you for engaging with her and for criticizing me during the first part of her message. Uh, no. So we have a lot of things that are happening. I know. I love you too. Uh, we have a lot of things that are happening this week at West. Tomorrow night at Chick-fil-A, every August, we do this thing called the Back to School Bash, and we have about 1,500 kids that come and get school supplies and tennis shoes and, and in a fun festival-like atmosphere. And it costs about $40,000 to pull off that event. So tomorrow night at Chick-fil-A, if you would invite your friends to come eat there from 5 to 8, you can go through the drive-thru. We get 10 to 15% of all proceeds. So we would really, really, really be grateful for that. The second thing is we try to help the high school. We are in a partnership with Lake Norman. We pay nominal rent to be able to worship here, and they are so flexible with us. Uh, they had graduation yesterday, and there's a little bit of debris uh, hanging out in the stadium. So we are going to go and clean up the stadium with our U2 youth. So if you have a few minutes, I'd invite you to join me out there after you greet Mackenzie and tell her thank you for the message today. And finally, I do invite you to go in peace, knowing that we do have a God that we can trust in and through all things. Go. Amen. <laughs>